I'm Scott Hansen with NFL Red Zone, and you are listening to the Gridiron Gentlemen. Hello and welcome back to the Gridiron Gentlemen podcast. We've had a few weeks off. Um, I don't know what how this will have turned out. I think this might be like the third podcast in a row you might be listening to in in the space of a week because we are finally back up and running in terms of our website and how we upload our podcasts so i think this will be a massive gap between recording podcasts from me and james but a teeny gap between you listening to podcasts so uh that's pretty weird we're going to continue our rundown so far we've done eight teams um and we need to get them done by the start of the season so uh, we are we're going to uh, go hell for leather now i think uh, we're going to do another four and if, if if it gets to like a sensible time and we're still up for it we might sneak in another two is what i'm thinking tonight james uh, uh, by the way yeah james how's it going it's going okay i had a week in margate i feel refreshed and um, mildly sunburned oh yeah how was but, it yeah. apart from the it sunburn. was great i uh, apart from some, but, but you know, I burn, I burn. You say the word sun, and I burn. Um, Mate, I'm ginger. Non- I understand that. I was about to say, for a non-ginger, I am sensitive <laughs> to the sun. But yeah, Margate was delightful, delicious, mm. to lovely. I, I mm. it did all the British seaside town things that you normally do, and yeah. just two pin machines, yeah. With the, yep, and and um, you know, got into a knife fight with some locals. And nice. No, yeah. no, it was great time away with the family it was fantastic did self-catering for the first time Mm. and that was really good as well and just 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 was epic great british seaside Mm. yeah that sounds nice i've just Mm. i mean i've just been working like pretty much non-stop so uh yeah (laughs) yep 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 i'm uh Mm. i'm now i'm well no i'm back here now and i'm enjoying some american football content my god am i enjoying some american football content I tell you what hits differently when you've been run off your feet consistently, and then you watch the Hall of Fame game and you think it's the best game you've ever watched. So you know <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I mean that's that's the only. I, uh, there's been plenty of news. Uh, I don't really want to get into the Deshaun Watson stuff right now because we've been talking about it for over a year. Mm. Um, I think people know our opinions on it, which is that we don't really like mm. the guy. <laughs> you know that's uh, yeah, controversial opinion, I suppose. Um, and it's something's being worked out, and, and somehow I'm falling on neither him nor the side of the NFL. Weirdly, who seem to be—I don't know—when it comes out PR rather than the actual health of actual people, then that's a concern. Anyway, moving on. Not talking about Deshaun Watson. Um, we could talk about the Hall of Fame. I take you watched it all, James. I actually didn't because I was on holiday, mm. but. Um... I think um, I, I was really, really pleased that um, certain players got in. I mm. know that Tim Brown, one of our loyal listeners, would be thrilled that Cliff Branch made it into the Hall of Fame. Deserved as well, yep. Yep, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, I was I was thrilled that Dick Vermeil got in. Um, yeah. One of the underestimated things about Dick Vermeil is um, he was one of the first coaches to walk away from coaching mm. um, for mental health reasons, actually, and he did it in the 70s. Yeah. So he was a coach of the Eagles and... Um, he even took them to a Super Bowl, which they lost. Mm. Um, and his quarterback was Rob Jaworski. And those late 70s, early 80s Eagles teams were actually, you know, they were pretty good. Mm. And he was quite a sort of hard-nosed, quite sort of, I 
authoritarian, disciplinarian kind of coach, and, and basically he was the kind of person that would sleep 20 minutes a night and obsess yeah. over everything to the point where basically he, he walked away from the team in tears because he just couldn't, he, he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And it was a good 15, 16 years before he came back to coaching in the NFL, and um, he came back a completely different man. He came back a much sort of softer, lighter, sort of more sort of thoughtful and reflective character and kind of found a whole other way to motivate players yeah you know and, and he became known as, as uh, you know dick vermeer was sort of now thought of as the man who cries at the drop of a hat but like he's a really interesting character and i've, I've always found latter stage dick vermeer to be mm. a real player's coach that you really want to do well for yeah um so I thought that was great. I also thought Tony Baselli getting in, in spite of his relatively short career, that was well-deserved as well, because for a short period there, Tony Baselli on those early Jags teams was, was arguably one of the very best left tackles in the NFL. He was, and it's just nice to see a Jag finally get in as well. I mean, I know it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not been that long for the Jags, really. But, but actually, think... actually having a player worthy of getting in, I think, is, is important also. Well, it was interesting because I think he was literally their first ever draft pick mm. as well. I think he was their first ever draft pick. I can check that later, but mm. I'm 99% sure he was their first ever draft pick as well. well so Ian got in. look how that... Yeah, and like I say, he was he was a massive part of those early Jags teams being... It, as, it, you got to remember, the, the Jags were one of the few expansion teams that literally just hit the ground running yeah. and were like playoffs by year two. Yeah. Really legit, legitimately good. And what's what's crazy is if he doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, what mm. other Jags are there that you think that possibly would? I don't know. I think it's a mm. shame that you can't with the Hall of Fame. You can't put in groups. Yeah, honourable mentions as well. Because I think while separately they may not potentially be worthy of Hall of Fame recognition, I think I don't know that there's been a duo of wide receivers as devastatingly effective as Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell for those early Jags. Mm. And you've got to remember that both those players were cast-offs. Keenan McCardell was not wanted by anybody once he left Washington. Yeah. And Jimmy Smith was kind of, you know, a pretty troubled guy. And and they were basically the broken toys at the bottom of the bargain bin that no one wanted. And then suddenly they became, for a period of about five or six years, one of the most effective wide receiver duos in NFL history. Yeah. And it's a shame you can't sort of have that sort of thing in the NFL, like, like you know, groups. Like, you know, it, it should be possible to put a linebacking core into the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Of Fame. That's a really good idea. Just like a, a group of people that, that shaped the game. Yeah. And ju- just to yeah. honour the people that are never going to make the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, because if you think about it, like, um, so Sam Mills, and yeah. this was the player I was most thrilled about, actually. Yeah. Sam Mills got in this year. And, and you know, for those of you who are old enough to remember Sam Mills, Sam Mills was five foot nine. Mm. You know, and he was like two thirty, And he played Mike, Mike linebacker in one of the most brutal and devastating linebacker groups in NFL history, the Dome Patrol. Which and also one of my favorite names as well, by the way, while we're at it. Yeah. And they were legitimately like a really good group of linebackers to the point where it was like, you know, people like Mike Singletary were saying like, yeah, they were the best group. Yeah. And um, 
it's a shame that you couldn't put that group in there because if you actually look at it the dome control patrol only actually has one member of the one hall of famer in it but it is arguably one of the best groups of all time yeah i mean and, and then you could do the same with although i do think like i mean obviously homer pick here but you could do the same with like the 85 bears defensive line for example there's still a couple yeah. of players that aren't, aren't there i know dan hampton is exactly. Steve, yeah and um Stephen michael's not is he i might be wrong mm. on that richard dent is i know that much yeah. and then obviously or like, yeah and the fridge isn't so. those old joe gibbs washington team yeah posse yeah well. It's like the posse were like one of the first like three like three deep receiver groups to, to be legitimately dominant in the NFL. Think and of um, Patriots offensive lines as well, like in over yep. the last twenty years. Like uh, just nope. no credit whatsoever, but they've just always been there. Mm, no, um, exactly. That's and a really good yeah. idea. Like every year, you 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 um you could even start with Miami as well, like yeah, and then just work your way through like <laughs> groups basically of 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 of, of players that, that deserve to be in the hall of fame i really like that idea yeah or even just like recognition of like um single great single season so for example like mm. the the 2015 no 2015 no fly zone yeah That's one of the greatest defensive performances you'll ever see legion of boom i mean you know byron, boom, yeah. byron maxwell's never going to make it into the hall of fame so no yeah yeah anyway, like, but yeah Maybe we should do it. Maybe this is maybe this is our thing. Maybe we maybe this is something we should introduce. Like uh, okay, Wilt it down. This is an yeah. And so Wilt it down every year. We'll 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 we will um, in install uh, one great group of players into yeah. the gents' uh, corridor of fame. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and um, and we'll get people to vote on it, like once a year. Like that, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll pick we'll we'll get people to suggest names and we'll whittle it down once a year to to the the group that deserves to be in there. So, and and the pod could even be like a discussion pod. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, awesome. And anyway, put it out to everyone. Yeah, there we go. That's a nice idea. A little bit of pod admin, but but I like that. Nice one, James. Yeah, cool. So yeah, Hall of Fame. Mm. Um, I will be looking watching all the speeches. Yeah, going back over all of that. I think. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of we're starting to see now that the the criteria for the Hall of Fame is changing now. All, yeah. you, all you really need to get in there and deservedly so is to have been the very best at your position <laughs> yeah. for a period of time. Yeah, you know, if at, at for a period of time were you the very best, and then there you are, and that's I think that's the only question you really have to answer. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> still still a little bit upset Devin Hester didn't make it but I assume probably next year so you know it's yeah I think it will happen because for him um, because of recent because he's still fresh in the memory of people mm. and it's easier for it to happen for him than it is for example say someone like Brian Mitchell who you know is mm. in terms of total yards I think he's second only to Jerry Rice mm. in NFL history and he's nowhere near the end of the, the Hall of Fame. No. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's just, yeah. But I think Devin Hester will, just yeah. because A, he's fresh in our memory, and B, he was, as a returner, just so remarkably, he could just turn a game on its yeah. head. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely, I completely agree. Um, so, um, yeah, Hall of Fame. Did you watch? You have watched the game yet? Then I'm guessing, or I've I've seen bits of it. Um, mm. I think it was. Sometimes these games are interesting to look at rookies, and that's really really good. Mm. Um, it's also really, really good to confirm who everybody's QB2 is and whether that QB2 is still the same human being. And I can happily confirm to you that Nick Mullins is exactly the same quarterback he was three years ago. <laughs> um, and if you think that Kenny Pickett's the pocket is lava, the pocket is lava mm. is a thing, the Nick Mullins pocket is lava is even more of a thing. Um, um, other things I saw, I mainly focused on the Raiders O-line, actually. Um, mm. Alex Leatherwood is still probably not where we you would expect him to be. Um, it, it, he still looked like he's struggling. Mm. It felt like um, the Raiders O line was collapsing quite quickly. A lot. That was mm. the one thing I got. Um, and 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 I completely agree with what you're saying about confirming what players are. Like, yeah. it felt like oh, that's Jake Luton. Uh, oh, I don't even need to have a look at the name on the back of the jersey. I know that's Jake Luton. There he is. There's Jarrett yep. Stidham. <laughs> and there he is. There's Nick Mullins. Okay, cool. They're still the same quarterbacks they've always been. Um, it's I- I- interesting to watch, uh, I-, I thought. I thought it was... Um, the highlight for me was was understanding that, that you can sit and watch the players that you know are the ones that are probably going to make the team. Like, yeah. no-brainers. Like Josh Jacobs, for example, was getting reps. Mm. And he looked like he was just absolutely annihilating everyone. But then so did Amir <laughs> Abdullah. Um, the other thing that, that that became apparent is that whilst we're talking about Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, it's fairly obvious that that Josh McDaniels isn't going to be afraid to run the ball either. No, that's perfectly mm. fine. I think as well. It's yeah, it, it's Patriots. Whatever you think he is as a, as a head coach, he's he's, he's he's not stupid. He's he's going to play to their strengths and, yeah. and Josh Jacobs is a strength of that offence he is he's, he's had a bad rap over the last couple of years I don't think he's as bad as people say he's been but uh, but I think he's also had injuries as well so I mean I think it would be interesting to see and as I, say, I think that the one thing we should get used to is that as much as we could talk about this entirely revamped passing game they've got in Oakland Oakland Blumenek in Vegas mm. Um, mm. It, it's they they if Josh if Josh McDaniels wants to run the ball, he's going to run the ball. So we should get used to that. Um, for me, also the the in terms of preparedness, the Jags just seem to tick behind, and I think that mm. might have something to do with the fact that they've got a year long hangover to deal with. So yeah, new coach, year long hangover, I think, yeah. and it's a young team, and they've injected some talent in there, but it's new talent that's only been with them a few weeks. There's not that much continuity. You kind of yeah but then you know the Raiders have that too it just appears that McDaniels has managed to install what he's managed to install a bit more quickly yeah um you touched on Josh Jacobs actually seven of the first 12 plays from scrimmage and he generated 44 yards so yeah they're clearly interested in featuring him heavily in the offense um the other thing I thought was interesting was um yeah Trayvon Walker yes first play rocking the passer yeah um but um he, he did look a menace. He did. So, so I think, you know, I think he, admittedly, he was beating up on guys who probably aren't going to start, but it's yeah. good to see him doing that. 
as pre-season and no one's scheming against him like it's just a case of like he's lining up and going up against other mm. other individual players a lot of the time but at the same time he did look like he was NFL ready I know you can't really tell too much from pre-season but you can definitely tell the players that are playing a different speed than the other players yeah. if that makes any sense and and you yeah can, you no, you can, can. yeah and he he looked like that he looked like he was yeah. ready to come in and start and kick off so mm. so exciting we got more preseason games this week as well which is exciting we have and yeah. it's going to be interesting to see a lot of the rookies showing us what they're going to show us um yeah. i think other news this week was justin tucker has signed a four-year 24 million extension deservedly so best kicker in the nfl I mean, yeah Yep, he's 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 getting paid, and yeah. he deserves every single penny. If, and in kicker years, he's only thirty-eight, which in kicker years is like being twenty. <laughs> if if the Ravens are quite happy to pay a kicker money, then you know he must be good. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. completely. Um, uh, James Winston um, left practice earlier today um, after what initially was reported as him rolling his ankle. Oh, that's but, um, really it's just not a, good. But it's a minor foot injury. Okay. They they think he's going to be absolutely fine. Um, Nikhil Harry is out for six weeks I saw with that, a high yeah. ankle sprain, yep. which um, is, I mean, you know, it's it's the Bears. I mean, how much damage is that really going to do? <laughs> Nothing um, to the team, but to, to him, it's, it's not great. <laughs> um, and because not, not great, the sense has gone down as well. Lucas Patrick's gone down for a few weeks as well, so that's not yes. good either. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum's going to be out for two weeks for Liz Frank mm. injury. So, I mean, you know, but that is what that is. And Kareem Hunt has asked. Yeah. And Kareem Hunt has asked for a trade. Yep. Mm. Yep, I'm sure it's for... Uh, I'm not going to get into it. But um, it's... it's Yeah, he's asked for a trade because I'd imagine all of a sudden there's a lot of chefs in that kitchen. So, mm. um, yes. And I'd imagine he sees himself as a number one back and Nick Chubb's going to get most of that workload, I think. And if he thinks they're going to yeah. run the ball a ton, then, they, then yeah, they're mistaken because uh, mm. that's why they've got... The quarterback they've got there so the only yeah. other news i was going to talk about is basically all tied to teams we're talking about tonight anyway so interesting yeah so yeah it's great uh, let's, so, let's let's get on with it oh tim patrick's gone down injured as well hasn't he um okay yeah, yeah just just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no Sorry. he's he's <laughs> probably not going to be around for the season no. and um yeah hello darkness my old friend <laughs> um yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah. That's Great. quite sad news, just because like he's he's been um, he, uh, he he's he was set for a very good season, I think, this year. So he was, yeah. and it's 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 frustrating mm. for me personally. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I can totally understand that. Mm. Generally, though, Russell Wilson's looked pretty good in practice, from what I understand. So there have been differing reports. Mm. Some people have said that 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 Russ has looked very ordinary. Mm. Some people have said he's looked great. I think it just the thing is veteran quarterbacks in camp they mm. don't really care that much about how great they look for them it's sort of more about trying stuff out it's mm. like can I get away with this can I try this and, and you'll find that veterans sometimes use practice as an opportunity to try new stuff and sometimes yeah. they have bad practices because of it Yeah, but you know um, new offence new team there were many, many reports about talking about um, Joe Burrow's interceptions last off season. So you know, it's 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 not worth worrying about. I will never forget the Patrick Mahomes threw five picks in practice tweet. 
Yeah. I think there was more years ago. Yeah, I think there's an Aaron Rodgers one as well that was quite similar. But yeah, it's you know, yeah. it's practice. Mm, like practice. To throw the getting to make the mistakes in practice is is probably better. So you know, yes, right, oh, absolutely. Should we get cracking then? Yeah, four, depending on time, maybe six teams. <laughs> um, we're going to kick off with the Detroit Lions. I think plucky underdogs of the uh, the NFL season this year that, that might actually stand a chance of doing something at least. They've made some interesting yeah. moves. Uh, Jameson Williams I think was a nice pickup. Mm. I mean what I, what I like about the, their draft at the very least is they just went for, they just continued going best player available because they do have holes still all over their mm. roster and they're doing a very yeah. good job of actually slotting decent players in places. I don't for a second believe Jared Goff is the starting quarterback of the future, but what they've done is they've surrounded him with a ton of talent, and if it turns out he is, then he's going to do very well. If it turns out he's not, then the next guy's going to do very well. So <laughs> so I, I like a lot of the moves they've made. Um, mm. I mean, it's not even worth talking about quarterback, really, as Jared Goff rolls into this season, for, backed up by Tim Boyle and David Blau, and that's been the case for the last couple of years now, or the last, last year at least. So... Um, Jared Goff had his worst season statistically last season. Shock, horror. Jared Goff separated from Sean McVay and surrounded by not a great deal of talent had his worst season. I don't think there's anything too much to worry about. I'd imagine he bounces back a little bit. Um, but they've surrounded him with talent. I think we should let's start off with the the receivers and and, and what they already had and what they've they've now got on the roster. So Amon Ra St. Brown had a really good season last year. Yes. And then players like Quintus Cephas, Khalif Raymond backed him up quite nicely, I thought. Mm. So then they added DJ Shark this season from the Jags, which I think is a great pickup. You know, why not yep. give it a go? And then Jameson Williams uh, through the draft as well. So, so h- how are you feeling about this receiving group? It's, more explosive than it was last year. I think mm. the issue that they had last year was that they had, I think, Quintess Cephas and Amon Ross St. Brown are perfectly good um, at what they do. So Quintess Cephas is very much, actually, in spite of his size, he's a small guy. His profile is mm. that of someone who actually does play as a Z outside. Yeah, he's, he's a tough physical receiver who gets involved in blocking. He's consistent in catching the ball at short and intermediate, but he's mm. not going to burn you deep. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is just a target machine. He's yak. He's getting free releases off the line with great route running. Mm. But they didn't have what they've acquired, which is what they've acquired is in DJ Chart and mm. Jameson Williams, which they've acquired a legitimate downfield speed. Yeah. So obviously we know that DJ Chark is like a, is capable of a 4-3-2. Um, as a vertical receiver, he's he's okay. Um, he's good enough to be an improvement. Jameson Williams is the guy that really excites me. I think that Bama receivers always have a floor of at least being quite good Yeah. in terms of being NFL ready quite early. And I like the fact that he is explosive. He's like, he's what everybody wanted Henry Ruggs to be. Yes. Without the, he's, he's like, is not as explosively fast in a straight line as Henry Ruggs, but he is explosive 
period. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And that works generally better for me um, in terms of skill sets. And then in terms of depth, they've got guys like Josh Reynolds, you know, who was dropped last year out of Tennessee. Mm. You've mentioned Khalif Raymond already. And, and they're pretty good role players. So I, I feel pretty good about the passing game taking a step forward. I don't think it's going to be a world-beating passing game, but I think it's going to be more functional. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, so so I, I agree with, with what you've said. So you've taken Jameson Williams, who is an explosive player, uh, can definitely stretch a field as well. And you've taken DJ Chark, who can 100% stretch a field. So once again, you're creating this space in the middle. A uh, player that has, I think, struggled to live up to what I, I think was like top five tight end potential is TJ Hawkinson. And I, wh- what you've done here, I think, I think is is create opportunities to for him to have one-on-one matchups. If you are mm. testing uh, deeper zone coverage, then all of a sudden you're matching up TJ Hawkinson against linebackers or safeties that have mm. <clears throat> moved into the box. Like it, it's a less muddy field essentially for mm. Hawkinson when you've got players like Jameson Williams and DJ Chark. So even if Chark and Williams don't catch that many passes this year. Um, the likes of TJ Hawkinson, and I think Jamal Williams, a pass catching back out of the backfield. Um, and then, obviously, the likes of Quintus Cephas, Amon Ra St. Brown. They're going to really benefit from just having some different talent on this roster as well. And uh, So, uh, for me, and I'm going to stress... I'm, I'm trying to m- not make it sound too grand, but also not make it sound like I'm insulting them either. Do you remember when the Chiefs didn't have Patrick Mahomes, mm. but they were building up to pick a Patrick Mahomes, building up to pick mm. Patrick Mahomes, and they were yes. a functional offense that did quite a lot, but relied heavily on their defense. Yeah. Th- that this feels a lot like that minus an Andy Reid, if that makes any sense. Like yeah, you've got sense. a functional quarterback who can who can make plays. You're surrounded with some decent talent. The offensive line, which we haven't spoken about, which we will in a second, mm. is, is actually really good, I think. I, th- I yeah. think that's a pretty damn good offensive line. Um, and you've got a decent running back as well in, in DeAndre Swift as well. And you, what you've got is an offense that can... If you go 30, 40 points down, you're probably losing the game. But if you can keep yourself in the game with some decent defense, then this is the kind of offense that can... A, eat some clock, and B, then maybe go ahead and try and nick the game as well. So just quickly circling mm. back to what you mentioned about TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, I think the reason that TJ Hawkinson mm. was drafted so high is, and it's it's the old tight end problem mm. versus the new tight end problem. The new tight end, our perception is that, that, that every tight end has to be Mark Andrews or George Kittle. Yeah. And the thing is that TJ Hawkinson is probably closer to the um, the archetype of tight ends from 15, 20 years ago. Because what he is was a prospect coming out of Iowa is a tight end who could literally pile drive defensive ends, but also yeah. catch 70, 80 balls. And I think it's taken him a couple of years to be what he was at Iowa as a receiver yeah. in the NFL. I think in terms of the way he works as part of the running game and as an extra blocker in pass protection, he's perfectly fine. Mm. And, you know, he's exactly what you, you, would, you would want and expect. Um, 
And I think I did see him sort of take steps forward last year as a receiver and become a bit more sort of involved and a bit more dynamic in the passing game. I think yeah. he just got used to it a bit more. Um, but the point you mentioned about the offensive line, I think if, if you if you if you look at the thirty-two offensive lines in the NFL mm. just in a vacuum as a group of five, that starting five is probably a top fifteen offensive line. Easily, I I completely agree. Yeah. Um, so Penny Sewell, who at the start of the year there was no chance he was ever going to make it as right tackle. <laughs> Funnily enough, by the end of the season, learnt a very difficult position in the NFL and played quite well. Uh, Vitae, I think, is a brilliant pickup. Frank Ragnow is one of the best centers in the league. Uh, and Jonah Jackson, Taylor Decker, I think, are great on the left hand side. Taylor Decker doesn't get nearly enough credit, I don't think, for how good he no. is as well. So. Yeah, I, I think I think this is a is a incredibly solid offensive line. As you said, injuries might cause some problems. Um, there's not yeah. the depth there, but there is no. definitely the makings of a very good offensive line that at least could mm. could keep them in games as well with like DeAndre Swift and Jared Goff. So yeah, I like this. Yeah, because we forget that the, the Lions had a running game for the first yeah. time in about twenty years as well, so for, for most of last year and. And that also has the arrow pointing upwards. Um, realistically, this is the offense of a, a, a nine and eight team. Yeah, it is. If, uh, if it all comes together, that's the realistic expectation. Yeah, they've got a decent. Their uh, their schedule is not the worst either. So no. Hmm. Nine wins might be a lot, <laughs> but the, the, I, I think they're, they're definitely trending in the right direction. I think they could be a very impressive seven wins. Mm. Seven wins, and they're one of those teams that we were always talking about. Well, you know, if they'd just scored seven more points. Um, mm. That's what the, this team strikes me as. But they are mm. definitely 100% trending in the right direction. And I think they're doing, yes. they're making a ton of really good moves. Yes. Um, on defense, I think it's slightly more patchwork, but it's not mm. awful either. Um, Jeff Akuda is yet to um, and yet to take the next step forward. I, I think we've not really seen a great deal from him. He's been injured a lot, to mm. be fair, but um, it's still not wonderful. I don't hate McNeil, Michael. Brockers is probably seen better days, bless him. Like after he thought he'd shed Jared Goff and then got traded to the, <laughs> the Lions. Uh, the Aquaras are, are both quite good. Uh, Unzarike is still a very good player as well. It, it feels like they've got depth, and some of these players are going to hit. That that would be my guess is what they're going for here. That they are literally just throwing it against the wall and seeing what players they want to keep round in the future. So, I think yeah, and. The thing with Jeff Okuda is kind of also it's injury related mm. too, so that it will be interesting to see. Now that we assume he's going to be pretty much recovered, whether we get Ohio State Jeff Okuda or something close to that, yeah. Um, I just sort of think that I look at Jeff Okuda's last season at Ohio State, and and I just. I, I still pig-headedly refuse to believe that that doesn't work in the NFL. Mm. Um, maybe, uh, you know, I'm wrong in this instance. What is interesting is if we are to Melifonwe, 
uh, position change to free safety from corner. Yeah. Um, he's taking on the depth chart now. He's an interesting coverage player as a corner. He was quite a physical player. Yeah. Quite a sort of, and he probably has a better shot of succeeding in the NFL at safety. Totally agree. And if if it's going to work, it's probably going to work at safety. But he's obviously going to have to completely like. Yeah. This could really work out well for him. Uh, Awarie as well, like cornerback. Yeah. He's really, really good. And I then, like him. Yeah, and then mm. they picked up Mike Hughes as well. Mm. So I mean, it gives them. Some, it's not. It's not a great defense, and I mean, the linebacker linebacker group is. It's okay. Mm. It's just. It's. I mean, Alex Anzalone is fine, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, is he a Mike? Not really. No. No, he, nor is Jared not, Davis either. So, no. so you know, it, the, the defense is very much still a work in progress, and, yeah. and I do sort of wonder where this the pass rush is coming from. Well, Aiden Hutchinson, time, I suppose, is that is going to be the key. So, it, it's going to have to be him, and mm. I, I, I just I think he might take a few games to catch on. Yeah, just because I think he is. I don't know. I don't want to put too much stock in in practice reps and stuff, but when he's been in, in the stuff I've seen for practice, he hasn't been mm. as powerful. Yeah. In terms of a, a physical strength profile, he's just he seems to be a tick behind. And that's that's a problem because that's. Hmm. You need him to hit the ground running because that's kind of his thing. Like you picked him I'm up because saying. he's reliable and he's solid and he's a good player. So like, if I am he's not, not saying yeah. it won't happen. Yeah, yeah, but, no, I, I agree. And also, I look at those reps and I say, yeah, well, fundamentally he's pretty sound. Mm. He's still that same fundamentally sound pass rusher. It's just, I think he he just needs has a little bit more work to do in terms of sort of like strength and being a bit more efficient. Because there were a couple of reps the other day where admittedly it was against Pene Saul, but it was kind of like you know he just he just got stopped dead. Yeah, and it was like okay, right. So you need to find answers for this. So, but then there's just practice reps, and it's kind of you're not there for the whole practice, but yeah, you know. And also, Pene Saul is probably going to take a step forward and become one of the best right tackles in the league. Yeah. So there was also a comment made. I think it was by um, Dan Campbell who mm. said. Um, Aiden is doing all the right things off of the field, and that will translate soon. Hmm, that's interesting. Which is not, which kind of it implies that there is work to do. Yeah, it kind of it, it kind of says that he's he's doing the work, I suppose, but it also says that that there is more work than they intended. Yeah, potentially. So yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but but then maybe we are. Yeah, but at the maybe same time, maybe it's a bluff. It's an interesting comment, to say the least. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Right then. So the lions. Anything else you want to just wrap up with the lions, or is that about? I it? I think that we have all got it into our heads. The lions are the team that everybody really really wants to win games, do mm-hmm. well, and I think they can. Um, just don't don't get too far ahead of yourself because that defense ain't great. Yeah, and I do, yes. I do, I do wonder if you're if you're a um, if you're a unhomed Cleveland Browns fan now, 
like because you just couldn't bring yourself to support the Browns after the Deshaun Watson situation. I do wonder whether a lion, the Lions aren't aren't a team that you wouldn't want to get behind a bit. Um, I mean, you know, if that if that bus is slowing down outside your 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 metaphorical house, yeah, get on it. Yeah, see if it takes you to the shopping centre. Yeah. I say ahead. this. I say this as a Chicago Bears fan. I'm kind of rooting for the Lions this year. So yeah, I think everybody with a heart and soul is. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That makes sense. So Detroit Lions then. So yeah, we mm. reckon what somewhere between seven and nine wins then. I think if we're being both being like, it, it, yeah, I, I just, just anything that's a mm. linear improvement. Yeah, I think it will be a linear. We'll see a linear improvement. I'm sure. We will. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, right then, bringing up the next one. Oh, we are on to the New York Jets. Mm. Damn. Lock up your mothers. <laughs> it's the New York Jets. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, dear. So <clears throat> we have a question from Josh, uh, and it's simply, "Why does God hate us?" <laughs> um, um, yeah. Right. Okay. So, so it's not necessarily that God hates you. Mm. However, all the stars are aligning to suggest that He might. So. Yeah. Um, Unofficial depth chart today. Garrett Wilson is pro- pre- is currently wide receiver five. Yeah, um, I'd imagine that would change, but yeah, that would change. I'm pretty sure that will change. Um, other signs: um, Mackay Becton limped off practice. Mm-hmm. He's having an MRI on his surgically repaired knee. We're talking mm-hmm. about a guy that's pushing what three fifty. That's yeah, if good. you need, yeah, 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 and you know, if, if your game is basically based on power and size, mm. and your knees can't hold up at three fifty, then it's not the greatest sign in the world. Yeah. Um. What well, I mean, I don't think it's that God hates you, Josh. I don't <laughs> think God hates the Jets. I just think that you're just having a bad time and, mm. and, and there are some portents from camp that are making me a bit nervous in t- just for no 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 logical reason yeah. because they're just the kind of things that happen in training camps before a catastrophic season for example mm. i love source gardener okay but yeah. the coaches have already said he can't call himself source he has to earn the right to call himself source and the moment he shuts people down he can call himself Source. Until then, he's Ahmad. Fucking damn straight as well. Like, you don't give yourself nickname a nickname. <laughs> yeah, he's also apparently been talking an awful lot of trash in camp. A lot. Oh, I quite like that though. <laughs> I do too, and, 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 and you know, I, I I like what he is. He, he's like um, he's like a Poundland Deion Sanders, <laughs> in a really nice way. Yeah, okay? I'm talking about the personality type, and like. It, he says all those those sort of Dion things, you know. I look yeah. good, I feel good, I play good. So you know, it's important. And he's just very unapologetically himself. But at the same time, you know, I, I, there's a part of me that thinks: in 15 years, are we going to see sort of an NFL top 10 of updated biggest disappointments of all time? And it's going to mm. be the 2022 Jets. But you know, hey, maybe not. I I, I love Source. I, I I adore him. I adore the player. I like college corner I, I actually quite like the personality type as well yeah. I think it's perfect and what you need um for me 
the most important thing now is the thing that I think was most embarrassing last year, which was not the quarterback. Mm. It was the offense in general. Yeah. How ridiculously bad it could be in tough, just from just like basic execution. Yeah. Just basic stuff. Just stuff that every other team nails and goes into games ready to do. And you know, plays that they would you know, you would assume they would practice. They just weren't executing properly on game day. It was horrendous you know, it was horrendous stuff. It's like one game they ran mesh and all three guys ran into each other. Yeah. So you know, that that doesn't even happen in high school. So like we are getting to the point of no excuses. Okay, Mackay Beckton going down injured if he's apparently stable on his knee, so maybe it's not going to be as bad as mentioned, but still, it's not it's not great. Like that's a pretty solid offensive line if he is if he's good to go. Yeah, um, that can work. Yeah, uh, George Fant on the left side, Lakin Tomlinson. Connor McGovern was a great pickup, I think. Elijah Vera Tucker, then Mackay Beckton. Mm. Yeah, that 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 one hundred percent works. Um, uh, yeah, CJ Ozama and Jeremy Rucker, it, you know, and Tyler Conklin. That's a good tight end group. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Bruce, Hall, Bruce Hall, Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman. That's a really good group of running backs yeah. as well. I think. Um, yeah, and then I think if we look at Zach Wilson. We had a question about Zach, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And I think while the offense was not great, I think there was... Zach Wilson didn't seem to do the right thing, mm. particularly early in the season. You know, throws that were there, not taking them for whatever reason. Whether yeah. he wasn't seeing it, or he wasn't trusting it, or he was just hanging in there for the bigger play. And I think he just need. I think what he should have done last year is walk in with the mindset of, I'm not at BYU anymore. Yeah. You know, and I am not going up against, you know, guys who are going to go undrafted. This is the NFL, and if the throw is there, I need to take it. So one of the things I heard the Athletic talking about was a play that Russell Wilson made in practice. And once again, we, we are just talking about practice. Um, but it's a play that Russell Wilson made. Um, and it was... He changed the play at the line. Mm. Um, and it went for a 40-yard touchdown, I think. Yeah. And what they were basically saying was that that wasn't a play that the the coordinators were aware of was was available uh, to them so russell wilson just completely changed it basically and now on one hand that's a nightmare if you're the coordinators because all of a sudden he's he's slipping into like old russell wilson territory of like completely ad-libbing plays and that's not great on the other hand if you're zach wilson I, I, I firmly believe he wasn't given much to work with last season, but you wouldn't mm. wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to see him challenging like the fact that he hasn't been given much to work with every now and then. I think what you put on a rookie's plate Yeah. You I I, I would imagine coaches 
only give them what they yeah. think they can handle. Mm. So I would assume that for whatever reason, I think it kind of depends on the OC as well. Mm. I think some OCs don't like to trust their quarterbacks too much too early because they just don't trust their quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm very much of the opinion that what you should do is, yes, you should you should measure it and temper it, but at the same time, you want to get to a place of empowering that quarterback. Yeah. Because you want your quarterback to be Tom Brady. You want your quarterback to be Peyton Manning. So why don't you develop them that way to be able to, you know, two, three, four years down the line, be empowered to make those decisions? Now, potentially, it's worth remembering that Mike LaFleur has a famous brother um, mm. who his first year in Green Bay, he also struggled with the quarterback there to get them to do the things he wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. And that quarterback then went on to win two back-to-back MVPs. So, like, it's not mm-hmm. it's not the worst thing in the world that the first season maybe it's a bit tentative, but this season he needs to come out firing, I think. So, so, he yeah. does. He, he, he doesn't even need to come out firing. He mm. needs to come out managing drives yeah managing drives and managing down a distance properly and i think they need to give him the opportunity also to to change plays at the line yeah check out stuff he doesn't like um i don't really see that he had the opportunity to do that either no what i will say is that he came back from injury and was a little better yeah i will say that and i think it was very similar to what happened with um Oh, um, Mac Jones as well. He sort of had some time away and he came back mm. a little bit. He was better in certain ways. I think sometimes if once once you've played a few games, if you had to sit out for whatever reason, you you start to look on the sidelines at things through a different mindset and take in more in terms of the context of how it relates to you playing yeah, rather than just abstractly looking at it. Um, so I think that really helps them. But I think he was a little better. That, but... Zach Wilson Zach Wilson's problem is first and foremost well, well it's the offense and then the second mm. problem is he needs to, to, to learn to rein it in. Yeah. Rein it in a bit. You know, you can you can you can you can you can take that eight yard completion here because it's third and six and it's fine. Mm. You know? Yeah. You know, don't 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 go for that deep shot. And you know, if that ball doesn't look like it's going to get there, just don't let it go. If they if they can if they can just get this all working, get the wide receivers, get the running backs, get the quarterback, get the tight ends, get the offensive line all on the same page, then all of a sudden they all help each other. Like yeah. it, it all becomes incredibly helpful to each other. Zach Wilson helps the running game. The running game helps Zach Wilson. And the fact yep. that they know what they're doing, the outside zone runs particularly, will probably help the offensive line as well in this instance. Like, it's it's one of those things that it just needs to click. And we didn't ever really see it click last year. And that was the big problem. I think, I think year two in the system is going to look a lot better. I think it's going to yeah. be um, a bit more together. And I also think you know, you've upgraded your offensive line ever so slightly. Mm. The running back room—it's a pretty good room for running that sort of that that scheme. Actually, they're all they're all guys who can basically, yeah, make one cut and get upfield, and they're pretty good at sort of feeling along the line for where the cutback lanes are. They're pretty good guys, pretty good players. Yeah. Um. I still feel like the receiver group. I I I think 
Garrett Wilson needs to be the difference because I feel like I know who Corey Davis is mm. now. I feel like I know who Denzel Mims is. Yeah. Um, Elijah Moore, year two, he was very, very promising. And But I also think I know what he is. And I think Elijah Moore is going to be the Elijah Moore that he was at Ole Miss, which is a really, really good wide receiver who's yeah. pretty much predominantly slot. But at the same time, is highly valuable. I think Garrett Wilson needs to be that difference maker in yeah. this group. Yeah, totally agree. I, I also think that, I mean, Mackay Becton is their best offensive lineman. And mm. if he's down injured, then, oh, no, that's not true. Elijah Vertak is the best offensive lineman. But um, it, that is that is a big loss, to be fair. Um, so but that's why you yeah. draft... But that is why you draft Elijah Vera Tucker. Let's not forget that Elijah Vera Tucker's first meaningful snaps at left tackle were at USC and he mm. went up against Kayvon Thibodeau and shut the guy down. Yeah. <laughs> True. So, you know, that, that game's famous. His first ever start at left tackle and he basically silences the guy who was meant to be the next Lawrence Taylor. Mm. I also think Brees Hall is going to be pretty damn good, by the way, as well. Yeah. So I, I do, think, and I think him... Yeah. yeah. Him and Michael Carter... I think that's a dynamic pair. I think so as well. I think that's that, I think that's really interesting, and they they could do mm-hmm. a lot with that. Mm-hmm. So as you say, like it just feels like the pieces are kind of there. Mm. Um, yeah. But then now they now they need to like, as you say, they need to like let let them off the chains a bit, mm. and see and see what they can do. So yeah, on defense, I, I'm a bit more confident, although. Yeah, I'm still not a hundred percent sold on the secondary. I think they've made some great moves there. Source Gardner, obviously. Uh, yeah. Jordan Whitehead is a fantastic pickup as like some kind of yeah. a marshal of the defense that can just see the whole game mm. really, really well. Um, and I don't hate Joiner and Reed actually while we're there as well. And also mm. the other Michael Carter put in pretty decent performance last mm. year as well. So like. Yeah, the secondary actually, I take it to the light, looks pretty good. They get Carl Lawson back on the defensive line as well, didn't take a snap last year. He comes mm-hmm. straight back into a unit that's got Jermaine Johnson now, who by all accounts is apparently looking very, very good in practice. So, mm. um, And then in the middle, Quinn and Williams and Jonathan Franklin Myers as well. Uh, Jonathan Franklin Myers is not going to set the world on fire, but he is reasonably good. Um mm. And in a rotation with some of the other players, they've got those backups as well. Like you're looking at like Sheldon Rankin, Solomon Thomas. Like they've got some ability here. I think they've got some some players here. Mm. Quan Alexander, for example, on linebacker, and it's CJ Mosley as well. Like th- there is there is depth. I think maybe mm. maybe it's not there's not world beating like from the starters, but they can afford to have a few defensive injuries and still kind of keep going. I quite like what they're doing here. Bryce Hall as well, I forgot to mention. I think he's quite a good player as well. So It's, yeah, it, it's kind of the Detroit Lions in reverse. I, I feel the same way about the Jets' defense that I do kind of about the Lions' offense. And I yeah. think that when you actually look at it, that, that starting group up yeah. front is actually pretty good. Yeah. And I think, you know, one or two injuries you can actually survive. I don't I don't have a problem with the linebacker group, you know, Quincy no. Williams, CJ Mosley, and then you've got Quan Alexander mm. as well. Uh, that's three guys that you can kind of have in in your base package that are, that are, are decent players. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's 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 it, 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 and then, but for me, I think the success of the defense and the defense going mm. to the next level is going to be a case of how does Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson how does that work out mm. in terms of like um, edge pass rush, and I think Source Gardner, if he is what we think he is, mm. then that's going to be a massive difference. It's going to be the kind of difference that Marshawn Lattimore made to the Saints. Yeah. If you remember that those Saints defenses before they had Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams, they were the laughing stock. Yeah. And it was getting those two guys in that started the dominoes to fall for that defense going from being a joke to being a unit you're scared of. Yeah. And it's the building blocks. And I think if you, if they can they can have a corner who just can handle his business consistently and create decent mm. edge pressure and be stout against the run, everything else kind of falls into place around that anyway. Yeah. And I think with Jordan, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for I know we're sad to see Jordan Whitehead go because apparently he does just, he can see the field really well. Um, yeah. So if you've got someone like that as well, making sure everyone's in the correct positions, then I think I think you are you're in a good situation. Um, I don't think the Jets are expecting to win a Super Bowl. I think what they hope to see this year is there's probably some probably a whiteboard somewhere with some bullet points as to what they want to see this year, and I think those are a competent offense hmm. run by Zach Wilson, understanding that Zach Wilson is going to lead the Jets into the future as their quarterback mm. yes. a defence that can slow down the Bills offence a little bit mm. um, and then yeah back to the offence again an ability to at least stay in games with teams like the Bills yeah. or even just not shoot yourself in the face repeatedly basically yeah would be nice but um, I think the, the most telling thing last year mm was the sheer level of excitement among Jets fans, including Josh. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. When Joe Flacco got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> because Mike White came in yeah. and, and was, um, was 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 good enough for a game. Um, <laughs> Mike White was the most exciting thing that happened to the Jets last season, I think. Yeah. Um, in just, a good way, yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah, in terms of... Just that, that that crazy kind of unpredictability of this sport where he just came in and just dominated for one whole game. He was like mm. the top quarterback of the week that yeah, that week, wasn't he? Or something silly like yeah. that. I can't can't remember the yeah. Indians and outs of it. But like it's yeah. Yeah, exactly. So maybe there is... yeah, might might see some Mike White magic during preseason at least. That's that's something to look forward mm. to. The things that I don't want to see this year, there there are two plays last year, and one I've already mentioned is the yeah. one where they run mesh and all three guys run into each other. Yeah. The other one it's a prime example, and it was proof that even right at the end of the season, they weren't much better than when they were when started. I think it's the Bills game. Yeah. Which is quite late in the season. Yeah. There is a running play where assignments get missed to the mm. point where Zach Wilson is being tackled as he is turning to hand the ball off. Yes, I remember that. And it is... He, he, he has turned and the three tech is already grabbing his legs and basically Zach Wilson has to flip it to the running back because yeah, good. he would have if he hadn't he would have been tackled before the ball was handed off when you're missing assignments like that 
And it's it's not because the guard missed an assignment. It's because mm. the guy who was meant to be down blocking wasn't yeah. there in time. But he was never going to be there in time because the way the play was designed. He had yeah. to move three gaps along in, 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 what, a second and block a three-tech. And this is a tight end. Yeah. You know? And the play was designed poorly. I don't want to see that. I will give... I can't say it. I can't say it. The Jets, I think, are probably going to be mediocre this year. Yeah. I do think they probably improve on, on last year. But it, it, we, we like even if they improve just a little bit, it needs to be, hey, that's it. Wilson looked good in that. 37 to 31 loss didn't he <laughs> that kind of thing um and i think that is enough for to get people you know kind of on board with what they're doing because they've got a couple of years of cheap jack wilson and then they've also got a couple of years of cheap jermaine johnson cheap source gardener as well mm. and um cheap uh garrett wilson as well mm. Like, exactly. if they can get this on track for, like, next year, they've got a couple of years where they could actually go ahead and do something with some cheap mm. players like Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, although he's always going to be cheap, he's a running back, bless him, um, Jermaine Johnson, Source Gardner. That should be their focus, that they need to get this on track fairly quickly. Um, I am slightly worried about Mackay Becton now, though. Um, mm. And I think that is a concern, because big guys with knee problems is not a good look. So yeah, it's not. How how many wins do we think the Jets are going to get this year? <clears throat> I've got a fun question as well. This Jets team plays the Lions team. Who wins? The Lions. Hmm. I just think that. Uh, no, what I'm saying is that the 2021 Lions would beat the 2021 Jets. Oh, yeah, I think so as That's well. why I'm saying it, yeah. because I think the 2021 Lions would just be more disciplined. Yeah. Um, Talent-wise, mm. I feel like it would be an ugly game. Yeah. Because the strengths and weaknesses mirror each other. Yeah. Um, But I feel like the Jets would be able to pressure the quarterback in a more meaningful way. Yeah. Would win because they could disrupt the Lions more than the Lions could disrupt what the Jets were doing. You I did. thought the Jets would be able to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you did mention we had a question about Zach Wilson. That's mm-hmm. uh, from Lightning Arrow. So thanks, Adam. Uh, is the pressure on Zach Wilson to have a solid season, turn around his TD interception ratio and justify his high ceiling? Or is his supporting cast sim- still not strong enough to help help him? I think we've discussed this that he's his supporting cast. I think is definitely, if not strong enough already, is heading in the right direction. So he yeah. just needs to to chill out yeah. and take what's there. Yeah, I agree. you know the time for hero ball is the fourth quarter, not not second and eight yeah. in the first quarter. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So there we go. That's the Jets then. We're heading back to the NFC North now then. So this will be the third NFC North team we're talking about. Um, and mm. that is the Minnesota Vikings. I th- I think the Vikings are up there as one of those teams that I have absolutely no idea what to expect this year. 
Um, have they made improvements? Like, yes, but there's a lot of sideways moves as well. Um, and we're relying heavily on Kevin O'Connell being able to do something pretty amazing here. That being said, Justin Jefferson continues to improve with the potential to be possibly the number one receiver in the league by the end of the year, which I think is quite interesting. Kirk Cousins is, I think now we're at a point where Kirk Cousins is underrated. Um, I think so. Yeah. And Kevin O'Connell is a very good talent evaluator i think in this instance mm. with ed donatel having cut his teeth in the same way that brandon staley did spending an mm. awful lot of time with vic fangio as well yeah. they have made some good coaching hires i think here along with yep. obviously the moves they made at gm as well mm. do we think that's going to be enough to turn what they've got on this team around i have faith that the offense actually will be fine. I do as well. I, I legitimately believe that, that that what is there is absolutely fine. Yeah. Even the kind of the kind of it's it's an offensive line that that it's okay, but it's eh. but you can still see the offense functioning, I think. Yeah. Because what you've got is you've got skill position players that are just excellent, are excellent skill yeah. position players. Um, even when you look at players like Herb Smith Jr., who, who took some steps last year in terms of growth, I think. Yeah. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, I think, if, if people say who is better, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. Yeah. And at the moment, I would say Justin Jefferson just because I've seen him do more different things for longer. Yeah. That's if, why. If I'm changing my mind in two years' time, then I'm not amazingly surprised. But I, but I kind of agree as well. I, I'm i at the point where I, I legitimately feel hmm. that, that losing Stefan Diggs to walk straight into Justin Jefferson, yep. you have lost nothing. Yeah, you've lost <laughs> nothing. However, lost nothing. teams shouldn't use that as a blueprint to build a team because I think they got incredibly no. lucky. They they absolutely did. Yeah. And, um, but then what they've also done is they've 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 added some players like they've you got Albert Wilson, who's come over. He is like Albert Wilson's a decent backup, I think. Um, slight injury concerns historically. Uh, however, they've got KJ Osborne, who I thought had quite a good season last year. So. Yep. Yep. And he looks like he's going to be locking down slot this year. Mm. Um, hopeful that Christian Darrisaw comes to fruition. Christian Darrisaw was one of those players in last year's draft process who you, you could see was more than capable yeah. of being a high-end tackle. Just It was the consistency of, a, of a, in games where, you know, he'd appear to take, like, plays off, particularly against lesser opponents. Yeah. And it, or, well, at least that was the perception, and I certainly saw some, some, some games where I was kind of like, hmm, yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the offensive line is the big weakness on offense. Yeah, Um but but. By, by quite some way as well. Uh, Garrett Bradbury's not been great at centre. Mm. Um, Ezra Cleveland at left guard. It's year two for him. Yeah. And I well, think, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. I'm not necessarily sold 
on Ezra Cleveland. Um, right. Brian O'Neill's been solid-ish at right tackle. There's 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 more bad than good on the offensive line, and it is kind of. And you do wonder how they've managed to actually finesse this for so long. Yeah, being a team that is known for running the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it just makes me think that maybe Dalvin Cook is superhuman. I don't know. Um, yeah. Obviously, the fact that they have two fullbacks on their roster tells me that philosophically, <laughs> they're not changing a lot. <laughs> I'd imagine it'll be won by the time yeah. they uh, come into the season, but yeah, it's uh, it's it, it, the fact that they are even there is 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 uh, pretty telling. Um, it is, and just but yeah, I think we look at. I think we even have to look at Kirk Cousins through the prism of playing behind that offensive yeah. line as well. Like, he is. And I and I say this in the nicest possible way, actually, and this is a compliment. I am convinced that every single week, mm. Kirk Cousins plays pretty much up to his absolute ceiling as an athlete. I one hundred percent agree. I think absolutely convinced. If we're it. talking floors and ceilings, Kirk Cousins is are very close to each other. Mm. But he's. Consi- I, I get the mm. sense that. I'm willing to bet there are games that Aaron Rodgers can just phone in because yeah. of his sheer physical talent, natural ability to play football and throw the ball. I think with Kirk Cousins, every week is an effort. It's mm. it's it's actually not that easy for him. Yeah, I get the sense of it because he's physically he's much more limited than, than some quarterbacks, and athletically as well. He literally he probably is one of those quarterbacks that has to spend all that time on preparation. Yeah. But Kirk Cousins, I think we are going to see a happier Kirk Cousins this year. Mm. Now, um, I think um, oh, I've forgotten his name already. The coach from last year has completely forgotten his name. Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, yeah, of course. God, sorry, I'm having a Mike Zimmer moment, forgetting who Mike <laughs> Zimmer was. So Mike Zimmer was... Um, now that he's left, he was asked about um, mm. the sideline incident with him and Kirk, where it appeared that he had to be held back from knocking him out. Have you seen the sto- the full story about that? No, no, I haven't. No. Okay, so um, I think it was the week before they played Cleveland, mm. and he hadn't played very well at all in a bad game, and Mike Zimmer absolutely let him know about it in no uncertain terms. Yeah, um, and Mike even said, I- "I've never particularly liked the guy." Yeah. And wow. The point where Kirk was apparently almost completely silent with the coach all week. Yeah. Like almost like almost pretending like he wasn't even there. And that continued throughout the game. And they won the game. And then apparently what he goes up to Zimmer and says is I just saved you your fucking job. Oh my god. How'd you like that? How'd you like that? Mm. And yeah, Mike Zimmer apparently. Yeah, I wanted said yeah, I wanted to hit the guy really hard. Well, I think there's a bit of me that likes that about mm. Kirk. I yeah. like the fact that he spent the whole week just. But I like I like that he's a bit childish. I like it. I think it's fine, and it's endearing and sweet. 
Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you kind of need a little bit like that for um, for your uh, quarterback at least. I think you need him to be a little bit petulant. So, you know, yeah, and he's yeah. nowhere near being the worst in the NFC North in that regard. Uh, but I, I like Kirk because he's just he got an opportunity and he took it and he made the absolute most of it so far. Yeah, I know that Simon would dramatically disagree with me. Yeah, and me and Simon will have that conversation for eternity. But 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 I'm a fan actually, just because I think that he makes so much of what is in the nicest possible way a relatively limited athletic skill set, athletic ability. I think he does the absolute most with it. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I I like him personally. I I think that when he's playing. The, the Vikings always stand a chance of actually winning games, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. even if they're down, Kirk Cousins seems reliable enough that he's going to, you know, he's quite he can be quite forgetful, which is good, in, in the best mm-hmm. kind of way, obviously. Um, you would have to be. You would have to be to get yeah. through those first few years of being Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. I just think, yeah, that there are potential weaknesses at wide receiver depth and also mm. the offensive line, and that could be a problem. However, Kirk Cousins, yeah. I think, has saved them on numerous occasions. So, yeah. You mentioned the depth at wide receiver, and it is really interesting. Yes. Yeah. You can look at, like, slot and, like, backup mm. receivers and think, oh, they're okay, actually. Mm. What it does occur to you is if Adam Thielen is either injured or there's a natural drop-off for Adam Thielen. Yeah. Because he's, I think he's in his 30s now. Yeah, he's, he's definitely getting there. Then... That receiver room looks quite different. Yeah, it looks very different in that context. So I think yeah, what put it this way. Yeah, if Justin Jefferson goes down, it resembles the Atlanta Falcons receiving room last year or last couple of years. Yeah. That's yeah. not good. Spot on. Yeah, but um, I'm convinced that if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, yeah, and they can continue to run the ball. And hit shots off the of play action. That that offense will still tick over quite nicely. Yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah, I think they are going to be. My big concern is that they're not going to be any better. They're just going to be the mm. same Vikings that we've seen the last couple of years. Unfortunately, yes. And I think that's kind of where we're we're heading. And then on on defense, so I like the Lewis Scene pickup. I know, I know you're a massive fan of Lewis Scene, so he he's going to start. Yeah, he is. He's going to start. Yeah, opposite Harrison down, Smith as well. Yeah, he's literally locked it down already. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. And then, then I like some of the other moves they made. Andrew Booth, yep, will be I think nipping at the heels of Patrick Peterson and Cameron Dantzler. Mm. Um, I'd imagine Dantzler before Patrick Peterson. I think Patrick Peterson had something of a return season last year and looked okay. Mm. Um, I'm not in love with the depth they've got at corner outside of those three players but it, it's not awful either um I, I like what they i like at least that they're addressing it and they address it every season mm-hmm. and they might not hit and they might say that hey you know well, we're not very good at evaluating cornerbacks but they do at least try so mm-hmm. that's good at linebacker Eric Kendricks continues to be one of the best linebackers in the league mm. uh, one of the most yes. underappreciated as well I think um, and I do quite like what they're doing with uh, Zadaria Smith and mm-hmm. Daniel Hunter as well I think that's quite that's a nice cool. duo 
Yeah. Uh, Daniil Hunter, uh, sorry, uh, Zadaria Smith isn't the player that he used to be, but he's still very good. Yes. And then it's just up front. I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson's kind of the standout player there, I think. But other than that, there really isn't a great deal. I think it's a patchwork defence, and that could let them down a few times this season. Yeah, and I think they will, by nature of the fact that Zimmer is no longer present, I think you may you may see some struggles. I think mm. um, they might not be quite as stout against the run as they have been historically. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they'll struggle to pressure the passer. It's 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 about run defense and the secondary. That's that's kind of where I am with that defense. Yeah. The range of outcomes for them this year is greater because you have a first time unproven head coach. Yeah. And so you can envisage a sort of dystopian version of the Minnesota Vikings in twenty twenty two where they yeah. only win six games. Yeah. Like if someone said if a time traveller came to me and said the Vikings are only going to win even five games this year, I'd be like, yeah, I can believe that. Mm. However, yeah. if they also said they managed to win 10 games and sneak into the playoffs, I'd say, I can also believe that. They're in the NFC. If they're in the AFC, I wouldn't believe you. But they're in the NFC, so yeah. Oh, no. If they were, if they were in the AFC, they'd win four games. Yeah. Yeah, it's not It's not a great that's, roster. There's no denying that. It's, it's not. And I think they're banking on some guys being better as well so yeah. i mean if christian darisol really does take that next step they're they're kind of on well on their way and i think if ezra's cleveland sort of consolidates his start last year mm. again i think they're well on their way but yeah. um but yeah i a couple of injuries and, and either unit could just fall apart yeah i agree easy to fall apart it's i have no idea what this team is Maybe maybe less so than any other team in the league, except for maybe, actually, while we're talking about them, or about to talk about them, the New Orleans Saints. They're next on our list. Yeah. Um, never has so much risen on a quarterback that I don't have a great deal of faith in, but also understand that maybe he's good enough to get this done. Uh, but I'm not 100% I, certain. I, Dan, mm -hmm. I... I I mean, I'm absolutely with you. It's, yeah. It's just... How many times have we done this? It's it's the weight of history. Yeah. It's the weight of history. I mean, if, if you if you had this conversation with Will Clarenbold... Yeah. Lovely, lovely, dear Will, you know? Yeah. Um, he would be laughing at you. Yeah, and deservedly exactly so. Yeah. Because he's, he's basically, you know, he's emerged from the basement after the abuse. Yeah. And, and tried to come to terms with a new world. And we, we, we haven't had to live through it. Yeah. And I have a funny feeling that Jameis Winston is always going to be Jameis Winston. That we already know exactly who he is. We do. It's just whether he's 30 interception Jameis Winston, 17 interception with Jameis Winston. Yeah. And whether he is 20 touchdown Jameis Winston. Or 40 touchdown James Winston. Yeah, and if he's 40 touchdown James Winston, he also tends to be 30 interception James Winston as well. So, you know. Yeah, however. That's the problem. Yeah. However, it, this, is, this, is, this is the... This roster, yeah. on the face of it, yeah. appears relatively quarterback-proof. It does. 
doesn't it? Relatively. So as long as Michael Thomas comes back relatively unscathed? I wonder. Mm. Uh, it's taken him a long time. Yeah. He didn't help himself by the sounds of things. But yeah, um, it has also taken him a long time as well. Um, so I think the offensive line took a bit of a hit because mm. they lost uh, Teron Armstead. Mm. Um, and they're relying, I think, on Trevor Penning coming in pretty much immediately and being able to fill that role because otherwise I think they're in trouble because they, they don't have a left tackle otherwise, really, to, mm. to be able to fill to, to that extent. And I think if you've got Jameis as your as your quarterback, you want the offensive line to work. Yeah. So I think for me, mm. and it's really easy to say it in the vacuum of not coaching O-line. Yeah. Never having played O-line. Yeah. But for me, I think they missed a trick. Yeah. I think the moment that Armstead was out of the building, perhaps preparing Ryan Ramchick for the reality of playing left tackle, yeah, would have been the better move. I think that Trevor Penning potentially being in the contention for the right tackle spot would have been a better, better, better option, mm. a better plan. But then at the same time, maybe they're just thinking, let's have uncertainty at one tackle spot rather than two. Yeah, which is, which is, is a, also, a, yeah, it's understandable too. Um, I think, yeah, for the moment, James Hurst is the de facto starter on the depth chart, but mm. um, it depends because you oh. watch Trevor Penning, the college player, and you're yeah. like, yeah, he'll need to sort that out before he gets to the NFL. Yeah, and we've already seen. Yeah, you're about to say. Well, I think you're about to say. He's yeah, been, he's been kicked out of practice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the and the thing is that you're going to hurt your own players. Yeah. And there is a point where there is finishing, yeah. okay, and what finishing should look like is you watch Quentin Nelson, he finishes. Okay? Yeah. Trev Penning finishes, Yeah. But then feels the need once he has finished to also throw the person into the floor or sit on, hmm. which is... Even that is even fine in the game, actually. If the refs don't call it, that's great. Mm. When you're doing it to your own players, when you're doing it to defensive backs, and when you're doing it to defensive backs who are like sixth-round and undrafted free agents, yeah. and you're just doing it to humiliate them. Yeah, you threw a because, punch as well. Yeah, because you because you can. Yeah. I, I think that's a jerk move. I think so as well. I think it's concerning as well. Um. I you think... need to be disciplined yeah. with your aggression. Definitely. How many it... times do you hear? Do you think of Quentin Nelson as undisciplined? Never. Yeah. Never. How many so... times do you think of him as a finisher? Uh, always. always. And and how 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 times do you think of him as violent as well? Like always. Yeah. Within the rules of the game, Quentin Nelson is incredibly violent and incredibly good. You don't hear of him throwing punches. And I think. There, you have to be slightly concerned then that also that's going to carry forward through to if you're overexcited and start throwing punches in practice what's to say that you're not going to start doing that in actual games as well yeah and there are there are edge, edge players that are literally going to be absolutely milking that yeah and they're yeah. going to be taking advantage of how aggressive he is yeah because he has a very very 
keen and clear sense of how physically strong he is in his upper body. Yeah. There are edge rushers that will just look at a player like that and go, I have you. He says, it's football, we're competing. It's a tough game for tough people, and you've got to be able to take that. There's no bad blood between us, we're just competing. Hmm. That's fine, but I think if I were a coach, and I saw a big 290, 300-pound hmm. left tackle, who's my first-round pick, yeah. taking a undrafted free-agent safety and bouncing him off the turf, yeah. like a good five or ten seconds after the whistle has blown mm. I don't know I think if he's getting into it with a three tech or, 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 or you know an edge rusher or a big guy and it's just in the context of normal sort of run of the mill part of the play mm. you kind of forgive it but when you're actually walking a guy 20 yards off the line of scrimmage and then dumping him yeah. like he's a, like it's an empty rubbish bin after the play's dead yeah. I don't know it doesn't sit well with me <laughs> go do it to Cam Jordan Caesar Ruiz said, this is according to ESPN, it's like when you think he's done, he's not done. He definitely has that finishing mentality you love in an offensive lineman. For me, that sounds like someone that's walking back some, a mistake, having made a mistake when they've said something. But, uh, yeah. They, but he has to be disciplined with it. Yeah, like, that's why he's been has kicked out as well. Like, he will continue to be kicked out until he gets that sorted, I imagine. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I think, yeah. The offensive line is one that I'm 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 kind of comfortable with. It's yeah, not... it's generally quite good. Yeah, um, you can look at the tight end room, <laughs> Taysom Hill mm. and Adam Troutman, and I think you know that's an okay tight end room. The receiver room is really interesting. I think so um, as well. Yeah, the move they made for Jarvis Landry tells me two things. Yeah, one, I don't think they truly believe that Michael Thomas is actually ready no. back fully healthy the second thing it tells me is that they really really want leadership in that room Yeah, because I think you've got Traquan Smith who actually has all the tools in the world Yeah, and Marquez Callaway who shows flashes of being an excellent wide receiver yeah and with a bit of development, they could be legit, legitimately good receivers in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. That's what Jarvis Landry's role is, I feel. Kind of what he did when he arrived in Cleveland. Yeah. Calming, steadying influence. What I think they want is for him to be what he was in Cleveland early on, which is the guy who catches those passes for eight yards, yeah. nine yards, 11 yards, keeps the chains moving, does all the dirty work and the simple things really well. Mm. Um, because while they've drafted Chris Olave, you don't want to bank on a rookie wide receiver because the yeah. hit rate on him is like 30-40%. Although, apparently, Olave is absolutely torching people. That's that's what Alarm, I've heard as well. Alarm, alarming regularity. Yeah. But then it's practice and you know, that person opposite you isn't really trying to kill you. They're no. just competing for a job. In week one, they'll be trying to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I, I, I like this receiving group. Um, mm. And if everything like falls correctly, then it could be very, very good. Oh, um, incredible. The running backs, once again, if it falls correctly and, and Alvin, Kamara, Alvin Kamara isn't suspended, then it could it could end up um, looking pretty yeah. good as well. Mark Ingram is anybody else's RB1. And yeah. then if you look, you've actually got 
it, and when I say it, the offense is pretty much quarterback proof. Yeah. If for any other quarterback than the one they've got. I mean, if if, if I mean, if you put like I don't know, if you put Mac Jones in this offense, yeah, they win eleven games. Yeah, they'll fly. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. You, you could you could put Davis Mills in this offense and they'd win nine games. Yeah, it'd be fine. You know, Joe Burrow in this offense and you'd have multiple Super Bowl wins. But yeah, yeah. Um, but that would also be porn. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. the, the, but, um, I mean, they yeah. play so close to the, the salary cap, but they always do such a good job of actually getting players into the roster. Now, it hasn't yeah. really ever worked out for them, except for that one time they won the Super Bowl. But, like, mm. you do have to admire the fact that they can put out a decent roster every single year. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, for me, though, it's at the expense of a decent quarterback at the moment because they keep playing so close to the damn salary cap. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, on, on deep, to, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, they're going to need to do something next year to go get someone if Jameis doesn't pan out. Yes, yeah, and I, I don't know what they're hoping from Jameis, but it, I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, in terms of defense, they've got some centerpiece players that are great. Jordan, Cameron Jordan is beginning to he's knocking on a bit now. Uh, Onya Matter is a great player. Uh, interesting to see what happens with Marcus Davenport. Mm. <sighs> Middle of the fields, okay. Demario Davis or constantly puts up stats, but he's never really like going to be a top linebacker. And then mm. in the secondary, I loved the Tyra Matthew pickup along mm. with Marcus May as well. And then I weirdly like, and I hate the player really, but I weirdly like they picked up Daniel Sorensen to kind of tie in with Tyra Matthew to show that he can't go anywhere without him mm. now. But then I think there's just depth here as well. So Marshall Lattimore isn't isn't quite the player I think he was cracked up to be, but he's still very good. Bradley Roby, I think, is a decent pickup as well. PJ yeah. Williams has consistently been quite good. Like, there's just depth here. They can line yeah. up with a ton of players in their secondary and cause some serious problems and really cover for the fact that, with someone like Tyron Matthew, really cover for the fact that they've probably got some deficiencies at linebacker. Mm. Yeah, I think when you look at the defense overall, yeah, it's just about how, in terms of the pass rush, you don't want it yeah. to be the Cameron Jordan show. No, because he's not going to last forever. At some point, there's no, going to be a drop off. I think we might you need more start contribution. To see it. Yeah, yeah, and you, you want to see more contribution. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident in that secondary in terms of the starting group. I am yeah. as well. I think it's one of the better secondaries in the NFL. Yeah, um, and it, it's, and again, like I say, this team is kind of, it's a good team. Yeah, it's it's really well set up. Um, it's about, I think what you might notice though is a step change in philosophy. Yeah. It's obviously Dennis Allen's the head coach now. Yeah. So. Hopefully Dennis Allen's been learning an awful lot from his previous mentor. Let me put it that way. Like Sean Payton not, ruled this yeah. team. Like he, he was firm but fair. I thought he was a bit of a dick. But like at the same time, he would go to bat for any of his players as well. 
And, and yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's the, he's 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 the guy on the Parcells coaching tree that they'll probably watches on TV and winces a bit sometimes, but he is probably quite proud of him. <laughs> yes, but but it's a lot of pressure on Pete Carmichael as OC to kind of keep yeah. up that sort of rich vein and that kind of historic mercurial offense that almost runs itself regardless of who's driving the car yeah because sean payton pretty much macgyvered his way to a ton of wins over the last few years yeah and it was really interesting there was an interview today with jarvis landry um, yeah and they asked him how are you finding camp Mm. and he said um and he said i have in in like the 17 years i've been playing football seriously this is the most difficult offense I've had to learn. Crazy. And this is Jarvis really, Landry saying this as well. He's been on like, about I'm six different to... offenses. Yeah, and he said he said like um, I'm having to unlearn stuff. Crazy. To literally unlearn mm. things just so I can actually do everything properly because of the way that it all fits together and works. Yeah. It's a really he said it's a really complex offense and like I've needed Jameis to kind of get me up to speed. Wow. That's interesting. So it, it does tell you that, that kind of it, it's going to try and continue in that vein. Yeah. Um, where when you look at a Sean Payton playbook or an offense, it is quite complicated. It's a complex thing. Yeah. It's complex for a reason and it all works yes. quite well if you understand it and do it properly. Yeah. But it's good to know that Jameis seems to be picking it up. That's in, That's interesting. I don't think mental acuity is a problem for James Winston. No. I think I don't think he's he's an idiot. I think he has idiot moments. Yeah, I think idiot. when the, when when it starts when the players start flying around then that's when he he makes some stupid mistakes. I'm James Winston, okay? Mm. I'm not an idiot. No. For anybody who's known me for any period of time yeah. knows that I have moments when I am a supreme idiot. Yeah, and me too. I think it's everyone as well, but but Jay- yeah. James kind of like you know really takes that to the next level. Uh, it's yeah, it's yeah. Um, there is an interesting um, some stuff I discovered actually on Next Gen Stats about yeah. James Winston, um, and and this will blow your mind actually. Yeah. Um, and let me just get it up because I only found it just before we went on. So, James Winston since twenty sixteen. On extended dropbacks of four or more seconds, okay, has thrown twenty-five touchdowns, yeah. third most in that period. Yeah, completed fifty-three point one percent of his passes, yeah. the best of any quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, um, completion percentage overexpected is better than any quarterback in the NFL. Luminate. Yards per attempt is fourth, and his passer rating yeah. is better than any quarterback in the NFL. Crazy. Yeah. In the last six years, he has been the best quarterback on extended dropbacks. So as long as you can give him at least four seconds, <laughs> then then you're laughing. You could that sums up Jameis perfectly, doesn't it? Like, yeah, if you can give him enough time for him to slowly work his way through his reads, <laughs> and and I then just, yeah, yeah. But I think every quarterback would be like that. Really, if you think about it, yeah. Except for maybe Drew Lock, who would just be Drew Lock, regardless of however long you gave him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it is quite quite interesting. It's just that 
Jameis is not the kind of quarterback who naturally extends plays for himself. No. Because he's just not that athlete. No, he but is, he I, is he is actually an old school pocket quarterback. I wonder if there is potentially an ethos of like we're going to do this pretty much every time and you're going to take a few sacks and we're going to lead the lead the league in sacks by the end of the year. However, we're also going to drive the ball downfield to make up for that. I, think, I, w- I wonder if it's just like a ride or die with Jameis. I wonder if you just accept what he is and just go, right, so he's going to drop back. We're going to protect him for as long as we can humanly protect him for. Um, there's going to be some mistakes, but there's also going to be some great plays as well. The career arc for Jameis Winston mm. that, that, that you really want to see yeah. is the Jake Plummer career arc. <laughs> yes. It's Jake Plummer, early Jake Plummer with the, um, the St. Louis card. Yeah, and the Arizona Cardinals was quite similar to Jameis. Yeah, I don't care. I'm going to throw 26 picks. Yeah, I'm just going to throw 28 touchdowns. That was Jake Plummer. Yeah, and then the second he got to Denver, Mike Shanahan was like, "No, Jake, it's actually meant to be this easy." Yeah, and Jake Plummer was a completely different player. Just just across the board and you you kind of hope for that trajectory with Jameis yeah. where there's a combination of scheme and maturity where yeah. he is better this is true I completely agree yeah yeah no no I think I think that makes sense so let's be honest the defining factor of this team is whether Jameis can buck the trend of however long he's been in the league basically and whether the yeah. team can get that out of him. I I, I think they're going to want to run the ball a lot. I yeah. think they are also going to want to... The thing with Jameis, if you have Jameis as a quarterback, is you do still want to take advantage of the fact that actually... Yeah. You have Jameis Winston because he is a really good deep ball thrower. Yeah. When he he, he sees things that other be. quarterbacks don't see, but he also misses things that other quarterbacks do see. Yeah, and it's a double-edged sword also mm. him seeing things other quarterbacks don't see, because sometimes he thinks he sees them and he doesn't. Hopefully Absolutely. Hopefully correction eye surgery has, has fixed some of that. Yeah. Um, but I think the Saints are going to be a roller coaster. Yeah. More More than we're expecting. I think they're going to win games we don't expect them to win and lose games we expect them to, to trounce. So, yeah. There will be games where Jameis is on his haunches with his head in his hands. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know, and Chris Collinsworth is going, how did they blow that right yeah. at the end? <laughs> but I also think there's going to be games where it's like, and they've just blown out the, the Bucks 45 to, to 12 or something like that. Like it's, it's, yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be, a, I think it is going to be a roller coaster. The Winston coaster is going to be very uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Um, but but don't worry because if you do get sick of the Winston coaster, you can hop straight onto the Dalton coaster. Good luck with is, that one, which is it's safer. A, an in, it's it's an insipid ride. Yeah, is what it is. Doesn't go very far. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Ian Book's still there. <laughs> Ian Book is still there. Bless him. Not sh- not sure how. Because he's um, fifty. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, 
still uh, yeah. playing in his leather helmet. But you know, it's... but I don't know if I can think of a team at roster that's so good. Yeah, that has such a broad potential range of outcomes. Yeah, like they they could go on a deep playoff run, and they could also miss the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised if either of those happened. Mm. Worst case scenario, they they win six. Yeah, I think so. I think that's about right. Best case scenario, they don't miss a beat. Yeah, and they're into the playoffs. I think if they get to the playoffs, they could cause problems as well. Mm. For a week, and then Jameis will Jameis his way <laughs> out of the playoffs. Possibly, yeah. In spectacular fashion <laughs> with nine interceptions. Um. So, realistically. I mean, I'm just going to leave all this in. It's midnight. I think we should probably wrap it up here. Yeah. And come back. We're going to do another one tomorrow. Another four teams tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear we talk about tomorrow? Who? We're going to finish, round up our top 16 tomorrow with, when I can find them, the Cards, Steelers, Dolphins, and Patriots. Ooh. Fun teams there, I think, as well. So, Interesting yeah. teams. Definitely. Interesting teams and yeah. teams I will have rants about. Me yeah. too. Definitely. Mm. Um, mm. If, if you want to contact us, thank you for listening, by the way. If you want to contact us, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. It's just at Gridiron Gents. You can email us, hello chaps at gridirongentlemen.com. And definitely come join the Discord. That has stayed uh, relatively busy. Even, you know, they didn't stop Discording without me. So, you know, that's, that, that's good. Um, so, so just, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's on the, uh, the bio of the Instagram, and it's also the pinned tweet on our Twitter. So come join our Discord. It's an awful lot of fun. Constantly talking about the NFL, and I'd imagine we'll all be talking about Hard Knocks soon. I might get Bass to set up uh, a Hard Knocks channel, potentially, for that. Um, just a quick one, actually. If you've seen us tweet anything, that has been Bass. Uh, and Bass has done an excellent job with that. He's done an excellent job with our Discord as well. So I'd like to give Bass a say to Bass, thank you so much for uh, for, for helping us out when we needed a bit of support. So yeah, amazing. Simon's been in Nepal finding himself. Simon, yeah, and also oh, worth mentioning. Um, I had nothing to do with with getting the, the the pods back up. This has all been Will and Simon. So Will and Simon, thank you very much. And as a result, we've got another Reprobates pod coming up soon that might already be up at this point actually it's been recorded so like this week you're getting about five podcasts i apologize that it hasn't been like spread over the space of about five weeks but there'll be a ton of podcasts coming up um get used to it and then when the season rolls around i've got some ideas need to see if i can implement them first though but yeah so james thank you so much for joining me tonight always a pleasure never a chore i've loved every second of talking about american football and i can't wait to talk about it again tomorrow so yes Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for waiting around. Thank you, James. Thank you, Bass. Thank you, everyone. And good night.